Hello and welcome to the True Blue LA podcast. I'm Jacob Birch. Eric Steven, back after a week off. <sighs> I don't know what we're going to do today other than uh, sort of play catch up on the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's been a lot, a lot. I was, as I was sort of thinking about this earlier today, we're recording on a Wednesday. Um, there's actually been a lot, a lot of stuff going on. So it's, it's not as... Maybe it's it's not as rudderless as I thought it was going to be. So yeah, we're a lot of a lot of little news. Nothing is really substantial to to center an episode around. But we're going to do all of the catch up. We have a Dodgers rewind. We have questions from Craig. We have embarrassing trivia questions for me, and I've read them, and I'm going to be embarrassed. So we'll do all of that after this. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Since you and I last talked, Max Muncie and Cody Bellinger went on the IL and came back. Yeah, uh, a lot has happened. We, we left, uh, and they were healthy Dodgers, and now we're back, and they're healthy Dodgers? Healthy? Like, uh, <laughs> Maybe? Yeah. Um, yeah, like... We were so we recorded uh, on a Thursday. No, was it? it was the tenth. So it was a Thursday, and it was it was right after the Dodgers completed their sweep in Pittsburgh. But I think as we were recording, the game was actually still in like a rain delay. They hadn't called it yet. They called it in the eighth inning. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that series was over. But then like the next night, um, <laughs> Max Muncy like uh, heard his oblique on a swing. And then in the first inning, and then like uh, four pitches later, hit a home run in the same at bat, and then like said he you know felt something, and so they you you always hear like oblique, and it's like automatic. Well, that's like two to four weeks minimum, and you're you're kind of screwed. That was the same thing with like 
Zach McKinstry mm-hmm. uh, back in April, and he ended up missing 33 games. And, and so it's like, oh, man, that's terrible for Muncie. But then they literally, for I think for the first time maybe that Dave Roberts has uttered this because he says it all the time, we caught it early. Uh, they kind of did, and like, because um, they said Muncie was like, he just like told the training staff right away, like, hey, something felt wrong there. So they were able to like sort of get to it early. So he didn't like overdo it, basically, which is, uh, that's like a positive side. I think that's more common these days. And even like probably three or four years ago, even where mm-hmm. it's natural. You got to tough like, it play, out. <laughs> yeah. Player, <laughs> players want to play. Players want to play. And like, if they come out, they could end up jeopardizing their job, you know. That kind of a mentality, so like you get why they would not want to be open. But I think teams have been more like encouraging like um, openness and like I think as long as you if you create an environment where the player feels like safe enough to do that, where you know to to like be honest about it, I think that's probably for the better. So who knows? But like uh, Muncie Muncie missed the minimum ten days on the injury list. He was activated yesterday. Uh, Cody Bellinger, same game. Uh, he he uh, straight like felt tightness in his left hamstring uh, while getting out of the way of a wild pitch uh, while batting, and then he like felt it again running to first. Uh, and and they waited like three days before they put him on the IL. They were like, oh, maybe he's going to be okay. And then like common sense sort of prevailed. They put him on. He was also eligible to come back yesterday. They they sort of waited. I think part of it was like they didn't want to have him like. Uh, come right back against Snell, a left-hander, not that they platoon Bellinger, but I think that was part of it, just give him an extra day. He's uh, They technically haven't activated him yet today, but they will. He's supposed to start in center field in the uh, finale against the Padres. Um, the other sort of injury news, uh, Corey Seager's been like slowly but surely ramping up, taking like batting practice, things like that. Uh he could start like his rehab assignment. I think it's either this weekend or very early next week. And before Dave Roberts had said like it's going to be like seven days minimum. Now he's sort of waffling on that, it's saying it's like kind of be up to Seager to see how he feels. So it could be like relatively short. But if he starts it like say Monday or Tuesday, I guess uh, no Monday because Triple uh, A plays on Monday. I forgot, but um. If he starts it Monday, maybe he doesn't need a week, but like let's say it takes about a week for him to come back. So that give that basically puts him back like the week before the All Star game. So, and that's kind of what we thought for the last like month or so with him. So like that's reasonably good. Um, so yeah, almost back at full strength. But every of course every time you say that, like something else happens. So who knows? But like that's sort of where the Dodgers are at right now. They've done like you know, pretty well since we last recorded. Um, yeah, at about expectations, I would say. Yeah, like they were going through this real soft part of the, part of the schedule. Pirates, last place team, they swept them. Uh, they're 7-4 and four since that sweep of Pittsburgh. They played two more last place teams. They won two out of three against the Rangers, and they swept the Diamondbacks, who uh, Let's talk about how bad Arizona is. 17 straight losses. They've lost 23 straight on the road. They haven't gone back on the road since... Um, they actually snapped the losing streak Monday uh, after the Dodgers series, but yeah, brutal. But like, so I mentioned the Dodgers are seven and four, but that also includes zero and two in the last two nights. So the sky is falling again. Uh, the loss to the rival Padres. Um, so the 
Padres have um, actually won six out of nine against the uh, Dodgers this year. So the main problem has been like the Dodgers unable to score against the Padres starters. Like they literally nine runs in nine games against the starters in 47 and two-thirds innings. Uh, three starts each by Blake Snell and Yu Darvish. Um, the Dodgers have had trouble with lefty starters all year. Um, so they have scored against the Padres bullpen 25 runs in 37 in the third innings, uh, including two last night, but they were down 3 nothing when the comeback started. So uh, it just fell a little bit short. But, yeah, it's, you know, so, like, little things like that, like, whatever. But that, that's kind of where they're at. I, I, I don't know. You you were sort of, I know, busy off and on. How much, like, Dodger watching have you done in the last, like, two weeks? Well, I was I busy mostly because normal. my family was in town, so I actually yeah. watched a good amount while, while they were my, here. So I actually watched... My family. Sorry. <laughs> I think... <laughs> I think I think almost all of these games. I I did turn off uh, Monday's game very fairly quickly. I just didn't want to watch. Um, Rios has not looked very good lately. Uh, yeah, and I'm just his, like, his, I don't need to hear the beat LA chants for three hours. His command, his command has been off. Like he's he had like a couple bad starts. Then he was like decent for like yeah. two or three, and then but yeah, he was he was really really bad on Monday. Like four first four batters. Uh, four runs, including a three-run shot by Machado. Then he gave up another home run later. Yeah, he's just been like fighting it a little bit. Um, Dave Roberts swears it's not fatigue. Um, uh, Urias is at 88 innings now. Uh, his highest in a season uh, was actually 2016. Um, if you count majors, minors, and postseason, he was at 127 and two-thirds. Hasn't gotten anywhere close to that since. Obviously, part of that time was missed with shoulder um, surgery, so uh, it's kind of weird, but like, you know, there we are. We've always talked about this. Like, what there, you know, when is Urias going to actually like just have a full season uh, of being stretched out? Like, and, and you know, they say like he he's shown like that he's healthy. I think it, it literally is just a command thing, but is that a product of him being fatigued? Who knows? Um, but yeah, like th- that's sort of the, the the issue of like it's hard to to go from how f- little innings he threw, like especially on an annual basis, to like all of us. Like he's not going to be a two hundred inning guy, but like even like a hundred and fifty inning guy would be like a a major step up. So like uh, we'll see. It's going to be an issue because there's still over half the season left, and the Dodgers desperately need their starters to do well. Oh, and I didn't even put this in the notes, but like um, you know Tony Gonsolin's been back for three starts now. Um, and like he was, he was on the IL for a while with shoulder inflammation. And, uh, after his second start, he felt uh, shoulder soreness. So they limited him in his last start. Um, he was actually doing really well. Uh, I think first three were scoreless and then he gave up a run in the fourth. They pulled him after only 46 pitches, but that was sort of planned because of the shoulder soreness. So like he's sort of an issue right now too, like, and that there's like very limited depth behind him. So we, I, I think we talked about this before. I, I do think, uh, um, not that you need to like replace Gonsolin, but I do think, um, they, they could definitely use starting pitching help. Josiah Gray, not really throwing, still dealing with his own shoulder thing, um, in the minors. So 
they don't have a lot of options after Gonsolin's. And like we've seen, you know, over the years, they'll use a lot of starters in a year. You just have to. It's hard to go through the season. At some point, like, all these guys are going to feel something. Um, and they just don't have that depth right now. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how they sort of handle that. It'll be interesting to see, <clears throat> excuse me, interesting to see if um, if May's injury had been known two months earlier if they would well, have been able to stretch out either either Jimmy Nelson or David Price and this would be less of a concern but they've made it very clear they're not viewing that as, yeah. a, as a solution so now I, I will say this on Nelson he's looked great in the yeah. bullpen like like an actual force like in the bull in the bullpen like like for sure late inning option like he's striking out like 40 percent of his batters he's he's looked great Price has been like so-so at times. He's looked fine. He's pretty hittable sometimes. I think he's the guy. Maybe you could have stretched him out a little, even if it took some time. But uh, yeah, it just seems like they're not they're not there with him uh, yet. Now they they're still running into the issue, and this is one of those like weird problems to have uh, in that a lot of games they've had blowouts. And then they turn to like the lower third of the bullpen, mm-hmm. and then it becomes a non blowout, and like leverage relievers have to finish it, like Victor Gonzalez or Kenley Jansen or Blake Trinan. And like, if you can get to a point where like David Price is like the the seventh or eighth guy in the bullpen, then you you're you're in good you're in a good position because he could be the guy to take those innings because he, he's actually you know a little more effective, I think. Mm-hmm. But like, man, it, it's a it's an issue right now because they're they're very rarely I, I uh, they're just they're struggling outside of like the top four or five. Yeah. I would say relievers. I mean, again, that's it's not it's not the worst. But like, and and those are the situations where you can afford to be bad. But like, it's still it's it's untenable. <laughs> like you you have to, there yeah, there has to has to be days where. Um, you know, like Kenley and, and Blake Trinan and all those guys get rest because you're going to rely on them. And we, I think we've seen, like, Victor Gonzalez, because he was bad the other day, too. Like, he, he's kind of been ridden a little bit because he's, like, the only, like, reliable lefty they have. Um, so they the, the, they could definitely use, like, Bruce Dark Ratterall to, like, um, do whatever – <laughs> learn whatever lesson they were trying to teach him by optioning him basically like uh, as, uh, he needs to sort of uh, if he, as soon, the quicker he can get it together to the organization's satisfaction or whatever they're looking for the better because uh, adding him to the bullpen I think would help yeah no the the depth in the uh, both starting rotation and the bullpen I would call it a sticky situation mm, he would what should uh, we talk about we, next so I, so I was looking at uh, the two weeks ago's notes and we this was when like the memo had come out from major league baseball i believe um or at least the news about it like um uh how they're about to enforce stuff and everyone's looking at spin rates and so the enforcement uh is out it started monday um basically every every starter gets checked multiple times every reliever gets checked at least once um and it's it's basically like at the end of the first inning that reliever is in and same with the starter. Like they check them, I think every time, like at the, at the end of the first inning and then maybe once or twice more throughout the game. And it's like, usually as they're walking off the field and it's in like plain sight of everyone. And so it's like super weird. It's not always on the TV broadcast, but, um, 
it creates for some weird things. But then also managers can like uh, ask for things. But this falls under the the old like quote unquote gentleman's agreement they had. Like because if a manager's like a dick about it and um, you know like overly pressing guys, he just knows like a lot of his pitchers are also doing stuff. So you don't want to like turn that light into your own clubhouse kind of a thing. But like Joe Girardi um, uh, on, I guess this was Tuesday night, um, kind of went nuts on uh, Max Scherzer and like uh, asked to be checked. And Scherzer was like so mad about it. He like threw his uh, glove and hat down on the ground. Um, and then like immediately started, he took off his belt and he was like almost took down his pants. And then like later Sergio Romo did take down his pants. Like it's just, this is bizarre thing but then like and then later uh, Girardi and Scherzer were yelling at each other Girardi got ejected there are I believe you know Sarah said this uh, uh, I think there are like punishments like if a if a manager's deemed to have like used gamesmanship like in a key moment I believe there were runners on when I he feel did like this the rule Scherzer. is that the umpire in the moment can punish can like yeah. re- refuse and eject or whatever but I don't know if I don't know if there's after the fact punishment or not We'll see, and like um, I, I know Girardi got ejected. I'm not. Maybe it was partially because of that, or just maybe. I think it was just the arguing after. Of, yeah, yeah. So it's just super weird. Um, but like, and like Kershaw, uh, he started yesterday, and then after the game, he uh, he was he talked about the um, the uh, Girardi Scherzer thing, and he's like, look, if if you're gonna check someone like Max, you know, like Hall of Fame pitcher you better be right. You know, he's like, there's, he's like, there should be punishment for a manager. Like if you check, if you go out of your way to check and you're wrong, like that, there should be punishment. And it's like, it makes sense, you know, like I, I guess, but um, yeah, so we'll see how it goes. Like, uh, you know, it's only a couple days in it. It, it does kind of look like a shit show right now, just because the, it's so odd. And like MLB sort of brought this on itself and it's, you know, it's like embarrassing and weird. But, like, uh, you know, maybe if the ultimate, like, product is, is it, like, changes to what they want, like, I think they'll they'll get used to it. Like, uh, I most of the things I've seen, like, the, the pitchers and the umpires are just, like, they kind of know what's up. Like, after the end of the inning, like, hey, you know, we're doing this. And they're just kind of like, this is what we're doing, you know, that kind of a thing. And it's so, yeah, it's just, it'll take getting used to uh uh, we'll see. We'll see how it sort of goes on, and you know, like there's going to be people ejected and suspended. We'll see how that goes. Uh, but yeah, doesn't that hasn't happened to my knowledge yet? So that's sort of the next probably shoe to drop in all this. Well, just kind of catching up on the other things we should address. There's uh, we talked about the injuries and the comebacks, but there's some new people that have uh, made it to the Dodgers roster. Yep, and. and a couple old guys too, like uh, re- relatively old guys. I mean, I'm, I'm older than all of them. So uh, <laughs> who, who am I to talk? Um, but uh, uh, Andy Burns, uh, sort of the utility man, infielder, outfielder was sort of, was tearing up triple a. Uh, he, in the last couple years, he had played in uh, the KBO over in Korea. He also played one uh, winter, I believe in Australia. Uh, his last time in the majors was 2016 cup of coffee with the blue Jays. And he, he got called up the day after, um, Muncie and Bellinger got hurt. And he actually started that day. 
It was his first major league start. He got his first major league hit in that game. And because the Dodgers got pasted by the Rangers, um, he also pitched the last inning. He gave up, he did give up two run, gave him a two run homer. Um, but like, yeah, weird. What a weird day. Uh, but yeah, like, so that, that was kind of cool. Um, uh, Speaking about, we talked about the Diamondbacks losing streak. The Rangers, with that win that Saturday, uh, they had snapped a 16-game losing streak with that. The Orioles, I believe, uh, have currently lost 19 straight road games. Uh, and the Rock, the Diamondbacks have the record at 23, um, which is still go. Excuse me, still going. But somehow, all of all of these teams have better road records than the Rockies, who are like. I believe five and twenty-seven away from Coors Field. <laughs> they've just they've just never lost more than seven straight. They've they've just been consistent losers away from home. What a weird year, man! Like there's some there's some terrible terrible teams out there, and like yeah, that's that's where we're at. But um, yeah. So Andy Burns, he, I, for a while, like I thought he would be the only, uh, you know, like player in the thirties the Dodgers would call up. But no, uh, on Wednesday, uh, outfielder Steven Souza Jr. Uh, was uh, called up from AAA. Uh, so he got he was on a non-roster deal with the Astros, but wasn't that good in spring and got released. So uh, he said he thought his career was over. The Dodgers, uh, to quote Souza, he said, threw, him a, threw me a lifeline uh, with a minor league deal in April. He was hitting decently in AAA. He had a um, uh, Oklahoma City had a game a couple weeks back where both Souza and Luke Rayleigh had three homer games, which is just just wild. Uh, but yeah, so thirty two year old, mo- mostly hurt like the last three years. Um, he had like a, I believe an ankle injury in two thousand sixteen, and then a hamstring in two thousand twenty. I want to say, but 2019 was the main injury. He last game of spring training, uh, or one of the last games at spring training, it was at Chase Field. He like just tore up his knee on a play at the plate. Um, I believe I think he tore ACL, MCL, PCL, and then like another ligament was like damaged. He had just massive major surgery out for the year in 2019. So Friday night, the Dodgers were playing the Diamondbacks. Sousa's second game with the Dodgers. Um, he makes a sliding catch uh, in the seventh inning at, at what the time was a 0-0 game in foul territory. Um, and then in the eighth inning, he comes up and he homers. It's his first game back at Chase Field since then. So uh, that was a go-ahead homer. They ended up winning 3 nothing. Uh, but, yeah, so, like, that, that's been a sort of eventful thing. When they when they called up Souza, they actually designated for assignment pitcher Nate Jones, another uh, 30s guy uh, pitcher. Um he was 35. Uh, he was, like, okay for a while, mostly throwing strikes, but then he got uh, sort of lit up in a couple outings and uh, just, you know, they didn't have room for him, basically. Um, he cleared waivers. He was sent out right to AAA, but since he has, like, enough Major League service time to uh, refuse such a, an assignment, he opted for free agency instead. So he's gone. Um, and then... Uh, just Monday here, the day before Muncie got recalled, um, Zach Rex got his first call to the majors. Um, so he he was like the old, pretty much the only guy I believe on a position player on the forty man who hadn't made the trek to uh, 
to and from Oklahoma City yet this year, like Luke Rayleigh did, Sheldon Noisy, uh, DJ Peters, all those guys, Caber Ruiz. Um, but Zach Rex finally made it. Uh, he started against you. <laughs> Here you go, kid. You just got to start against you, Darvish. Uh, he struck out, and uh, but then he, he like um, hit one to the gap, but got caught. So he was over two, came out on a double switch, and then he was sent to the minors the next day when Max Muncy was recalled. So kind of, you know, it's rough. But uh, that game that Zach Rex started Monday, uh, he batted eighth. Zach McKinstry batted seventh. Uh, so they were back-to-back in the lineup. When was the last time the Dodgers had two players named Zach with an H or a K in the same lineup? They didn't have to be back-to-back, just anywhere in the lineup. All right. I'll try. I'll <laughs> figure it out. after. Let's see how excited I am. Hear how excited yep. I am. All right. All that after this. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay. Round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When was the last time the two Dodgers had two players named Zach or Zach in the same lineup? I, I'm taking a gamble here because I tweeted this like the day it happened. No, yeah, I'm, I. And, you and, know and, what? And, there have been so many things where, like, yeah, I like I've been paying attention to your Twitter and to like yeah. accounts I know you follow, and I'm like, ooh, he could ask that. He could ask that. None of them As, was this. I, am, I I almost added a tweet to the thread that said. I wasn't going to tag you, but I was just going to say, I hope Jacob is watching this for the podcast. Because <laughs> like, I, I, I was thinking, I have to ask this. So. All right. I don't know. So I, I will ask a leading question. Is is one of the Zach's Grinky? No. Okay. I didn't think so. I'm like, man, I'm trying to think of the last non-Grinky I, I Zach say, I, in my head. So I will say this. So he, he was 2013 to 2015. Yep. Um, one of the Zacks who I completely forgot uh, was uh, a sort of corner man, first base outfielder type uh, named Zach Walters, who played with the Dodgers in 2016, who, 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 who I ostensibly covered uh, and had no memory of. But like, so he, he just missed overlapping with Grinky. Okay. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. That happens from time to time. When I'm like, huh? Yep. Yeah. All right. Um, is one of the Zach's Zach Wheat? Yes. See, I, <laughs> so. I knew it. This is part of the reason why I wasn't I wasn't that worried about it because I figured if you just stuck to <laughs> stuck, stuck to, to my the, guns. the exactly like you, you you're gonna be right. So I will tell you the date. Um, uh, October first, nineteen twenty five. Okay. Zach Wheat played left field. Uh, do you have any idea? I could tell you the other, Jones, the other Zach was a Smith. catcher. No. <laughs> I mean, you're in the same ballpark, Taylor. Okay, uh, okay. So, um, Zach Wheat 
two for four with an RBI in the game. He bat he batted third. Uh, Zach Taylor, the catcher, uh, one for four with a double and a, and two RBIs. So he batted eight. So the Dodgers lost six to five in Philadelphia. Good for them. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Thanks, Zach. <sex. laughs> That's um, so. Uh, this week's uh, Dodgers rewind. There's not a, I mean, there's some connection to what's going on, but it's mostly because um, I just finally got my hands on some 2021 Topps Heritage cards, which is in the same um, style as 1972 Topps. I always wonder, like, they started Topps Heritage, like, I want to say, like, in the last, like, 15 or so years, maybe 20 years. I don't know why they're their move was to go 49 years back and not 50. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. it's 2021. Why aren't they doing the 1971 set this year? Like, did they just screw up the first year and go, ah, oh, man, we got to like continue on this dumb trend now. <laughs> but anyway, um, so I looked at, I was trying to find some, I have like, I think it's like 10 or 12 uh, of the original 1972 uh, Dodgers, um, Tops Dodgers cards, uh, and I was trying to go through and see if there if there was any like reasonably close poses in the 2021 cards. And one of the ones that looked re- reasonably similar, I'm going to show him on the camera here. Uh, Justin Turner's card. He's just sort of holding a bat, uh, sort of similar to Wes Parker, who is today's Dodgers Rewind. And that was the impetus, for really the, <laughs> the one of the, the impetus or one of the reasons I chose him. So. Um, The other thing uh, with Cody Bellinger, okay, so Cody, uh, as we speak, Cody Bellinger literally just got activated from the injured list, so it's official now. Um, But yeah, Cody Bellinger, you know, um, MVP, center fielder slash first baseman. Wes Parker, also uh, center fielder slash first baseman. Um, He won six gold gloves at uh, first base, but also played all three outfield positions. Um, but yeah, so like that was part of the reason I chose it. Also, uh, we mentioned this earlier. Uh, we, ha- I did have, we had something in our podcast feed, uh, in between the last two weeks. Um, uh, because I interviewed John Wiseman. We have this partnership with, um, Spotify green room. It used to be called locker room, uh, where we have to do some live chats every once in a while. So, uh, in doing that, John was available. So I interviewed him about his new book and then I just put that out in the podcast feed last week. Uh, his book is 100, 100 Things Dodgers Fans Must Know and Do Before They Die. Um, and the original book, uh, the original print of that came out in 2009 and, of course, had a chapter of Wes Parker's cycle because it was the only cycle in L.A. Dodger history. And, of course, like within like a week of that <laughs> book coming out, Orlando Hudson hit for the cycle. Um, so, yeah. Real, real tangent side bit. Um, when I went to Cooperstown... Um, whatever it was two years ago now, uh, I met John. John happened to be there. Uh, I was oh. with Melissa and I went, and as we got there, he was just leaving, so we said hi real quick. And then after he left, um, that printing of a hundred one, a uh, hundred things, uh, Dodgers must do. Uh, uh, it was in the bookstore, so that was cool. I got to see Whoa. see the author <laughs> pointed it out. That's cool. So yeah, so that's fun. Um, but yeah, obviously that that chapter's been updated because uh, uh, 
Orlando Hudson hit for a cycle. And uh, Cody Bellinger, again, hey. another Wes Parker, uh, Cody Bellinger thing. Um, so, yeah, like, uh, that's sort of neat. But, like, just the, his car, I was staring at his card today, scrambling to figure out what to do with the Dodgers Rewind. He was at the top of the stack, so I'm like, hey, what about that guy? The top um, of the stack? That's pretty good. Oh, uh-huh. top of the stack. Nice. <laughs> you you pulled a me. <laughs> Only you were funny. Um, let's see. So, uh, the Dodgers signed Parker in 1963 out of USC. Um, uh, this was two years before the draft, so, you know, it wasn't... He sort of signed whoever, <laughs> basically, back then. Uh, by 1964, he, he made the majors, and he was, like, a regular for... The next nine years, he, he uh, 267, 351, 375. You got to remember the era, like Dodger Stadium, terrible offensive era for the most part. But it, so he had like a 111 OPS plus. He that that, num- that line doesn't scream out greatness, but he was like above average hitter, like just generally fine. He only averaged like seven homers a year, also 22 doubles and 59 walks. So he was he was still like valuable. 1970 was his best year. I think it was like a five-war year. 133 uh, OPS plus. He hit for the cycle that year. 10 homers, 111 RBIs. He led the majors with 47 doubles. I'll get to that in a second. Um, In 1965, and then um, for part of 66, um, the Dodgers had an all-switch hitting infield. Uh, It's funny, like, you think about it, like, that – for most franchises would be like the most like famous infield in franchise history. And then literally like within like eight years, they were sort of supplanted by the infield. Um, but uh, so it was Wes Parker at first, Jim Lefebvre at second, Maury Wills at short and Jim Gilliam at third. Um, so in after 1972, uh, that was only his age 32 season. Um he won his uh, sixth straight gold glove that year. He was still like a very good player and he just retired. Um, So this is from his Sabre bio written by David Krell quoting uh, Wes Parker at the time. uh, My main reason for uh, concluding my career is to allow myself time to enjoy the many interests, which I have in life while I'm still young. The desire to lead a more settled life is another contributing factor uh, later in another interview, he said he grew tired of the travel. So, like, that made sense. Uh, I didn't put this in the little notes here, but, you know, famously, Wes Parker was on Brady Bunch. Um, I think Drysdale was on at least one episode, maybe multiple. <laughs> but, like, so, yeah, being in L.A. helped. He was, like, also, like, pretty good-looking dude, like, just generally. Like, I, like that's an objective fact, I, I think, really, <laughs> at this point. But, um, it's on his fan yeah, graphs, so, you can check. Uh, yeah, and so um, the uh, yeah, so that that was kind of fun. The other thing, um, I, w- I was looking at something. I happened to stumble up upon Parker's wiki page, and uh, I think there was something in like 2007 where Rawlings put out like an all-time Gold Glove team. They, it was like the 50th anniversary of them starting the Gold Gloves, uh, and Wes Parker was the first baseman on that team. But then the, in wiki, it sort of just mentioned. He's the only member of of that group uh, who is not and will not be in the Hall of Fame. And I was like, God, that's definitive. <laughs> like that is harsh. And I mean, obviously they're right. But then it, it and I, I missed the parenthetical after it said um, uh, because Parker only played nine seasons, he's ineligible for the Hall of Fame. I was like, Oh, all right. <laughs> they they got it on the uh, on the technicality. But yeah, uh, but it's sort of fun. Um, so. 
Speaking of the West Parker, uh, 47 doubles, of which one was in the cycle game in 1970. Um, I saw another quote. I think Parker said that was like his his um, crowning achievement or, or, or like as an offensive player, uh, like sort of proved he could belong or something. I forget the exact quote. Anyway, 1970, led the majors in doubles. He's the only L.A. Dodger to ever lead the majors in doubles. However, only one other L.A. Dodger has led, led the NL in doubles in one year. Who was it? First, I thought you were going to ask for the year. Uh, so, is it... I'll get this out of the way. Is it Zach Wheat? No, no <laughs> L.A., L.A., L.A. Oh, wait. So the, uh, oh, okay. I misread the question. Okay. Uh, I thought this was someone else that there, led the majors, but it wasn't an L.A. Dodger. Okay. No, I'm, I can I'm tell sorry. you, I, I believe... I forgot the count. I think only... I think there's only four Brooklyn Dodgers who led the National League in doubles. Okay. I'm double-checking. <laughs> oh, actually, hold on. One, two, three, four, five, and not, not Zach Wheat. Okay. This is, I have to completely revise my guest list. <laughs> I definitely misread yeah. it. Um, well, since the, I'll go with the most modern... Uh, doubles man and say Corey Seager while I stall. See, you don't even need to stall. Oh, look at that. That's the answer. Oh, he yeah. co-led in 19, er, 2019 with uh, 44 doubles with Anthony Rendon. There you go. See? Um, I When you when you said recent, I thought you were going to go with Adrian Gonzalez, which I think would have also been a fine guess, but mm. he actually, he didn't, he didn't lead, but he was like a, he was a pretty consistent like high 30s, 40s uh, guy. So, um, yeah. Forty-four doubles for Corey Seager, and um, yeah, Mookie Betts is like uh, so. Nick Castellanos leads this year in the National League. He leads the majors with twenty-four. Mookie Betts has been like uh, a sort of doubles machine, um, but uh, I believe he has twenty. He's he's either at twenty or nineteen. I should look it up. Um, but yeah, so like I know. He averaged like he hit he hit forty plus doubles five years straight. With the Red Sox, obviously Fenway Park helped, but like he was he's just been a double hitter. Last year, a lot of those doubles turned to home runs. This year, the other way around. Yeah, he's at nineteen doubles uh, with nine homers so far. So, yeah, there you go. Well, you know the research you did for that trivia question will help you out in the next segment of Oh with Jeans and Craig. We love them. Five-ish questions from our friend Craig Manami. Uh, you ready for the trivia for you? Uh, before you ask, I just want to note that uh, I'm speaking of Spotify Green Room. I did another chat last night before Dodgers Padres, and not only did Craig show up uh, and we talked, but also producer Brian Salvatore. Um, we had a nice conversation for a while. Uh, and uh, that was that was fun. It, it, it was funny because I, that was the first time uh, Craig and Brian, uh, I think, talked uh, outside of maybe an email or two or something. So it was nice to, to bring the, the, the he said, Brian said, I, I've made theme songs about you or something. It was, it was really funny. <laughs> well, it's time for a little first half trivia with a little less than three weeks ago before the All-Star break. Here are some Dodger first half trivia questions for Eric. Are you ready? Yeah. 
It will take a hot streak by someone on the current team to hit 20 or more home runs in the first half. Eric, there are six Los Angeles Dodgers who have done it at least two times with one of those players doing it a third time. Name them. Note, all, all should be considered Jacob-era Dodgers. Uh, okay, so 20. Uh, Sean Green, mm-hmm. um, Cody Bellinger. Mm-hmm. I'm getting pulling the answers up right now. I read them earlier, but you're, I think you're, you're right so far, um, I believe. Um, Mike Piazza. Gary Sheffield. Uh, so hold on, you're you've been wrong. Yep. You you were right. Sean Green, Cody Bellinger were right. Uh, Sean Green in two thousand one, yep. two thousand two. Cody Bellinger in two thousand seventeen and two thousand nineteen. Um. Yep. So catching you up, not Gary Sheffield. You cut out there. Oh, sorry about that. So Sean Green, Cody Bellinger are right. Um. Yeah, Gary Sheffield is not correct. But and Mike Piazza is not correct. And Mike Piazza is not correct. Is correct. Sorry, the first name on this oh. is ninety four and ninety six. Okay. Um, so you're missing three names. Gary Sheffield not correct. Huh. Um. Oh boy. Okay. Let's just think here. What about Eric Karras? Eric Karras is the player who did it three times, 97, I, 96, and 2000. I'm actually shocked at that. Yeah, Although, I was surprised. <laughs> yeah, part of that, you know, sometimes the All-Star break yeah. is like 90 <laughs> games in. And he did hit 35 times, so like uh, that's sort of why I asked. Uh, that's why I guess. So uh, I need two more? Yep. Um. What about um, Matthew Ryan Kemp? Nope. These two uh, players. Um, what if I just? They share a season where they did it. I'll let you know that. All right. Um, really angry. Um, they share a season that they did it. Um, I'm just repeating you to stall. <laughs> um, <laughs> Let's see here. One of um, these players, especially uh, associated with home runs in the All Star break. What? Um, <laughs> All Star break? What are you talking about? You know, there's an. Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, shut up. Um, so, uh, Jock Peterson. There you go. 2015 yeah, and 2019. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so, the one he shared with. Okay. So let's think. Um, wait, mm-hmm. the sharing is. The, w- does Cody Bellinger count as the sharing? No, or, I was or the, the, the two players. Yeah, there were three players that did. Got it. it. Got it. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, oh wait, so Max Muncy has two thirty-five homer seasons. So let's go with Muncy. Good job. You got them all. Yeah. Yeah. Getting 200 hits is not what it was back in the day. Name the five Los Angeles Dodgers that have done it at least three times in the first half with uh, one player doing what? it. I think it's 100 hits, by the way. Okay, uh, I was going to say. <laughs> it says 200. I'm, noticed, I'm like, <laughs> wow, hitting machines. 
<laughs> famed 350-hit year. Uh, yeah. With one player doing it six different times. Uh, okay, oh, so Steve Garvey. As the player who did it six times. Yeah. Um, so four more. Um, who was hide hit totals here? Um, man. Uh, Steve Sachs? Nope. Liar. Um, Willie Davis? Willie Davis did it in 71, 72, and 73. <sighs> okay. Um, I don't Maury Wills Maury Wills did not do this accomplishment okay I was yeah I will, um, let you, I will let you know this there's one player other than one player all of these seasons were in the 70s alright um 100 hits, all-star break. Um, Piazza, the non-70s? Piazza is the non-70s in 94, 96, and 97. Okay, and then let's go... No, okay. Well, let's just say Ron Say then. I know he walked a lot. Uh, It is not that member of the infield. Okay, so I was going to say... Okay, I was I was thinking Davy Lopes first, but I also thought he walked a lot, but he also bad lead off. So Davy Lopes, nope. Bill Russell, there you go. <laughs> yeah, all right. Um, so what am I missing? One more. You are missing uh, one player. Yes. Um. I really hope it doesn't get by you. Yep. Um. Man, that was a good one too. Yeah. Uh, I don't. Dusty hint. Baker? That was a hint, by the way. It is not Dusty Baker. Oh, get by you? Um, man, I'm out of it. Um, do, do, do. I'm out. I don't, I gotta, I gotta tap out. It gets by Buckner. Bill Buckner. Wow. Uh, 73, 74, and 76. I'm relishing this. This is this is yeah. joy for me. If it, it wasn't clear, reaching forty doubles is considered a very good season. Three LA Dodgers have yeah, hit yeah. forty or no, it's twenty or more in at least the first <laughs> half, at least three times with two hundred hits. Hint: all played during the current division title winning streak, though that may not have been the season they did it. So it's twenty or more doubles, uh, three times in the first half. Okay, so Adrian Gonzalez yep. obviously won. Corey Seager obviously won. Yep. Um, the remaining player I, is the one that did it four times. I, I was thinking at first James Loney, but he obviously got traded in 2012 just before the division streak. Um, 20 or more doubles in the first half. Um, four times. And I will let you know, um, this is the player that did it a few times, uh, more than, yeah, a few times outside of that winning streak, even though he did play during it. Interesting. Um, um, Andre Ethier. There you go. Yeah. Oh, 8, 10, 11, and 12. 
I almost guessed. I was going to guess Puig until that last hint. Yeah, uh, see, but yeah I, did, I didn't think he would have got to four. So. This was the question I thought of when I was on the chat with Eric and Brian, not me, yesterday. Uh, Jacob deGrom and Clayton Kershaw are both in their age 33 season. Here are B-War comps for both pitchers showing their totals in their 20s and in their 30s. Uh, you looking at this? Yep. Uh, and we'll, we can talk about it when we're making our points. Altogether, Kershaw currently has a 68.5 B-War to deGrom's 40.5. My simple question, will deGrom overtake Kershaw in B-War? Nope. There you go. Next question. No. Yeah. <laughs> so just for, <laughs> for, you know, our it is a podcast. Our viewers cannot see yeah. the show notes. Um, you'll notice the the big big difference is just the amount of innings pitched uh, from 08 to 2017 with DeGrom having under 700 and Kershaw having just about, just under 2,000 with 1635. So, yeah. So definitely less mileage on uh, DeGrom's arm, but he is still, you know, uh, 33 and i'm not sure that's what career it would take to really do that all the while kershaw still going to be adding to his perhaps not at the rate uh for right. a while but i like i even if he like craters he, he probably still gets a 75 or 80 mm-hmm. and, and then so kurt degrom would have to go another 40 and that's that's hard okay well there you go so yeah yeah conan o'brien is ending his regular late night show tonight what? Uh, yeah. I was a regular late night with David Letterman viewer in the nineteen in the eighties, and then never watched any of the multitude of late night shows since. Were Eric and Jacob fans of any particular late show at some point in their TV viewing? Uh, so I was. I think I was like a late comer to the late night Dave Letterman show. Um. It was like a like I would occasionally watch Carson just because he I, he was hilarious even at his like older old age you know yeah I've since like watched like clips of like older Carson and that's there's some just just ridiculously funny stuff um, but I, it was something I would check in it wasn't like a regular thing but like um, and and I don't know it was the late night was too late for me like it started at twelve thirty. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I got to, I was more of the guy who, um, set the VCR to record Saturday Night Live if I wasn't staying up. And this was like at like age 12, I was, I was doing that or 11. And, uh, but I wasn't doing that for like late night cause I'm not gonna do that like five times a week. Uh, so it, it got to the point where I started watching Letterman more after he moved to CBS. In fact, I remember, um, God, we had, I believe, um, this was in between junior and senior year of high school. I went to Boys State, a thing from the the Junior Statesman of America. It was at Sacramento State University, and we took a bus from Palm Springs to Sacramento. Uh, just a brutal bus ride. And uh, uh, I remember they had a TV on the bus, and I can't remember if it was coming there or back. This was 1993. Um, I believe either it was either Letterman's final NBC show or Conan's first NBC show that we watched. I don't remember which which one, but um, also this was the at while in Sacramento, um, 
the Bulls beat the Suns in the 93 finals. And I was very angry because I hated the Bulls so bad and I wanted Charles Barkley to win. Um, but that's a long way of saying uh, in college, I, I started getting into Conan more. He was so bizarre mm-hmm. and, and like, like made me like cry laughing a lot. Uh, but it was one of those things where I didn't watch it regularly, but like when I did, it was hilarious. So I would like check in on it, but like not, not watch it a ton. So like, yeah, it was just one of those weird things. Uh, I, uh, David Letterman was definitely a large part of my growing up. I probably even starting with the late night, even though I was a tiny child, uh, my dad would let me stay up and watch. I could watch the top 10 and then I had to go to bed most of the time but then i moved on with the cbs so that was a big part my dad has a kind of eerie resemblance to david letterman especially when they were both in like the the early 90s era they both had the same kind of hair both from indiana same similar laugh um so uh and senses of humor it's that indiana humor i guess uh so that was a definitely a big part definitely cried on his last uh, cbs episode um, yeah. And then, but Conan was sort of what my like. Oh, I found that I stayed up late and the, yeah. Um, uh, who was on after Letterman? Uh, um, Tom after Letterman. Tom. Oh, Tom Snyder. Yeah, and the, <laughs> like yeah. Tom Snyder. You're weird. I'm going to flip the channels. And I remember yeah. watching Conan from that that first season. And, the, and like you said, he just took the sort of non sequitur, irreverent humor of Letterman and just cranked it to eleven. Uh, and yeah. which has fit perfectly within mine. So many of the great skits that I remember seeing live on air, and that was sort of a, a badge of honor, including, I think, old-timey baseball, uh, yeah. which he has gone on record saying it's the best thing he's ever done. I think it's the best thing he's ever done. And, of course, the, with this podcast, I think we're uh, tempted to agree with that. One of the weird things, uh, I haven't been able to find a clip of this, but... It, they used to do live ad reads like mm-hmm. in the earlier days of his show. And this was something for Subway. And I don't remember the premise at all, but the, there was one of the, one of the writers like was sort of dressed up in, in like a, you know, or holding a Subway. And I don't remember like the, like even the setup for it, but it just, it ended up with them shooting him. And then, like, or it's like, oh, yeah, but can the sandwich stop a bullet or something? And then he just <laughs> shot him. And I just remember thinking that was the funniest damn thing I ever saw. And I, I've not been able to find the um, thing since. But obviously, uh, the also similar vein, uh, they had the, the, the guy with bulletproof legs who was, like, super braggy about it. And, like, every single time they just shot him above the waist. And... <laughs> Always funny, and then obviously the masturbating bear. Uh, one of the recurring things uh, in later years. Um, on, I guess this did this start with TBS? I may have, but uh, Wiki Bear uh, is one of the better like recent uh, sort of bits they had, where the bear would just bring up like the most grisly, uh, random facts, uh, just like murderous stuff, and like. It was super funny, and uh, yeah, that, that was always fun. All right. We're five weeks or so from the only trade deadline, the trade deadline there is in the Major League Baseballs, that, referring to the fact that we don't have a, a, a waiver, non-waiver 
trade deadline anymore. Certainly the Dodgers need to get healthy, but with needs in both starting and relieving, hey, we talked about that. Can Eric right. and Jacob name some range of available pitchers for the Dodgers, and are there any untouchables in the Dodgers system this year? No, we the, can't. The answer Next to question. both is no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah, no. Like I get like Max Scherzer is the name everyone's going to talk about, but I don't. Good luck seeing the Nationals trade him, right? Yeah. Like, but yeah, I, I have, I don't know, but they, I don't think they need like uh, an impact starter. They basically have their their playoff four, right? Like, um, so it, they just they might just need an innings eater or, or someone to fill in. Yeah, and they, or and obviously they're gonna try to get some relievers, but there's always like a billion relievers yeah. available. So like, uh, I don't know, but yeah, there's there's no untouchables. Like, I think they've shown that. Like, well, I mean, obviously in previous for the, years for the right, you would put, you know, I think uh, Dustin May entered that category. Uh, going right. way back, Court Seager entered that category. Their their top prospects are. I think Josiah Gray I was like Josiah Gray. Reeves. I think is the one name that. You but would he's have to not least touchable. Well, yeah, you know, no one is untouchable. He's very touchable, right? <laughs> but like, no, Corey Seager was untouchable. Like Cody Ballinger was at a certain point was untouchable. Mm-hmm. Um, none of those. They don't have anyone like that okay. right now. There you go. I mean, obviously, like they're not just going to give those guys away. Like it would take a lot. But like, yeah, I mean, I think they're at a point with Ruiz where, um. Uh, not saying he's he's not like blocked in the majors because he could hit his way up and even be like a third catcher if they want to do that, or you know, like let's put it this way: if he's if if he gets to the point where like he he's so clearly good enough, they're not like Austin Barnes isn't standing in his way, right? Like I, uh, not necessarily. Like they they'll find a way to like uh make it happen if it comes to that. Or they ended up, you know, trading him for something really good. So, like, not not saying that that that's a thing, but like, I just there none of those guys are untouchable. All right, I'll I'll, yep. I'll take that. Um, I, I would say the only other thing people may argue for a more impact starter is it would allow you to move Urias to the bullpen, and that, regardless of how true it's going to be, that's going to be a thing that people keep talking about until the tread the lines yeah. past. Yeah, I can see that, but I think it's just really a matter of like who is available. Sure. You know? Lemons and lemon flavor in drinks is a common year-round treat, but especially in the summer. Are you a pure lemonade fan, or do you enjoy different flavor combos? Also. Did you ever put a lemon with your Coke or Diet Cola? Ugh. And did you ever drink Pepsi Slice? Um, so I don't. I haven't had lemonade like regularly since uh, I worked at like In and Out when they had the pink lemonade. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just it's okay. Like I don't know. I, my my favorite pie growing up was lemon meringue. I was about to say it, I, I am the opposite in that I love lemonade. Yeah. I yeah. Uh, not it has to be good lemonade though. Like the mediocre stuff is yeah. not very. Yeah. I would even say in and outs is eh, it's fine. Uh, it's fine. Yeah. Um. Uh, it's flavored, pure. Don't yeah. care. Uh, hot dog on a stick lemonades delicious. Uh, oh, that's excellent. Yeah. Uh, but I don't like lemon plus baked good like lemon pies lemon cakes mm. i'm off but i love lemon heads lemon other uh, lemon flavored candies lemon heads lemon are sorbet wonderful. yeah all that mm. 
big fan. I I like like a lemon tart, uh, you know, lemon squares, if you will. Um, the whatever the I forgot the name. Is it just it literally just lemon ups or whatever the Girl Scout cookie cookie name oh, is? Oh, just I, lem- Yeah. See, I believe those aren't made. In, so there's two different bakers in Girl Scouts. Uh, hmm. Melissa works for Girl Scouts, so I know all of this, and I believe the lemon cookie is not available in the Kansas City area. Whoa! Uh, I or my um, my cousin's daughter is in Girl Scouts, and my order went with her troop. And uh, this was back in man, was it February or, or March? I don't remember. But I ordered, and I, I think I ordered like a lot, and uh, I just remember like a box of Girl Scout cookies, like a box mm-hmm. of boxes, like it was so. I, uh, it was a lot. So one of the one of the ones was definitely the lemon one. It was it was all right. Like it was fine. Um, that said, uh, so I know I scoffed at. I I used to hate putting lemon in my iced tea. Mm-hmm. I didn't get it, and then I like grew up and realized I was an idiot, and uh, it's fine. And then occasionally like i don't i don't always have lemons at home but like if i'm out and if you're at like a a place a restaurant right where they have like i guess pre-covid they have the uh available like sliced lemons you could just drop in your iced tea um like the 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 trough of available lemons or whatever uh i would i would switch it up and put that in a coke and it's fine I never, I never have bought like a, a flavored uh, Coke, like a lemon Coke, which they have. Uh, I stick to cherry on that stuff uh, only. Uh, but um, I did growing up drink Slice, um, and always thought of it as knockoff Sprite, you know, like, or like. Um, it was it was always never as good to me as, as like the the good stuff basically. Um, I, I yeah I, I the thing the only would add is my parents would get uh, a lemon or lime in their cola now and then, which I think was I think they enjoyed it, but I also think a big part of that was so they could definitively differentiate uh, between diet and not diet, which is a which is ah. a waiter waitress trick. I know. Uh, Nice. But they would kind of force that just because they didn't want to get my gross, sickly sweet regular Coke back when I was a kid, and that was what I drank. Uh, I remember for a while, um, my mom would get Crystal Light. Yeah, a oh, lot, yeah. and so and I developed a taste for that, even though that you you could like taste the artificialness yeah. of it. <laughs> <laughs> like, but like, it's not the worst. Like, I I, it, I have this weird like nostalgic feel for it. I haven't had it in forever. But I'm sure if I had it, I'd be like, oh yeah, Crystal Light, cool. Um, but yeah, that's more artificial than anything. But yeah, I uh, I'll cook more uh, or just use it as like a uh, either squeeze lemons uh, over something or uh, like bake something, not like a, a dessert or something, but like you know chicken or or something, and just have sliced lemons in there for flavor. Um, but yeah, that that's uh, that's kind of it. Not not like over the top or anything on lemons. Well, that's that. I actually have lemon sorbet in the freezer that I'm going to go have Whoa. a bit of. So. Nice. Well, you know what they say, uh, take a couple weeks off and then make lemons out of lemonade. What? No, I, or other, did, is that the right? No, I messed up the saying. <laughs> when you, when you, when you're given lemons, make, make lemonade. There you and, go. 
when you're given two weeks without a podcast, make a podcast. And that's what we did. And thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we will talk to you next week. <laughs>